We are in a series um, in the book of Acts, and um, we're, we're talking about it in terms of the theme, trust. And we, last week, we, we looked at how trust implies um, a togetherness, where there's giving and receiving, that it's a story of, of us. And so, um, suggested that the book of Acts is a story... Um, that can be described in that way, where God has come um, to do new things in the world um, and has welcomed the entire creation into a new story of us, um, into a new story of trust, where there's giving and receiving from people from all kinds of backgrounds, where there's giving and receiving from um, all of humanity and all of creation, um, and that God's spirit holds that together. And how God does that in the book of Acts is God comes in and interrupts particular people's lives. And so last week we looked at the story of Saul and how Saul was interrupted and invited into this story. And today we're going to look at a different story. Um, it's connected to the story from last week. And it's the story of Ananias. All right. Um, Can anyone see what I see? Because I had like a half hour to figure it out. <laughs> no, good guess though. Not tigers. This is an auto stereogram. That's what I've been told is the uh, technical term for this. So if you look, does anyone know the trick to finding the image? Phil, you got it? Oh, don't say it just yet. Don't say it just yet. What's the trick, Phil? Oh, okay. That's not what I'm going for, but that works. Um, cross your eyes. Okay. Unfocus. Your, did you see it too, Nicole? Yeah. <laughs> say it again, Gabe. Okay. Let's not do that right now, but we, um, maybe later. Uh, Phil, what did you see? Ooh, well done. Well done. A tiger shark. It was a tiger, Sonia. It doesn't say like Happy Mother's Day or anything like that. It's a shark. Is anyone just like really focused in right now and would get angry if I move, if I change the image? Gabe, okay. We'll give you a few more. I'll give you a little more time. <laughs> that would have been good if I had the technical uh, skill to do that. Somebody does here. I should have asked them. Well, we're going to come back to this. The trick, the trick in these, among, along with crossing your eyes or touching your nose to it and backing up um, or unfocusing, is to look through it. To stare at it and, and to look right through it, um, look beyond it. Um, and then some of those, um, uh, the focus that you need can begin to take shape. Um, last week we looked at uh, the story of Saul. 
And I'm going to let you just keep working with that if you'd like um, while I tell you about Saul. Um, Saul was a person who was trained in the law. He was a righteous person. He was a privileged person. He grew up in a Roman family. He was a Roman citizen. Um, he was highly educated. And he um, was a protector of the faith. He understood his role as to be one of those who protected faith. And, and really, we, we discussed last week, found himself in the dangerous place of protecting God. And so Paul was a persecutor of Christians. He had them imprisoned. He um, stood by when they were murdered. Um, Saul had a... Saul was a rough guy. In all, and, and really, Saul might have been a nice guy in all the wrong ways. Um, he, he was very comfortable in his spot. And in our story, we found him going to a place to get permission to arrest more people, um, to get certification, authority, to, to arrest people that he had already deemed um, not living into the future that he wanted for the world and for his people and for God. And on this path, he headed down. He was um, struck by a vision of light to the point where he fell on the ground. Um, and if you remember from last week, God's first question to Paul on that road is, why are you hurting and harassing me? Um, because Paul was hurting and harassing people. God is with people who ask that question in our world. Um, the story of us is a story of God's spirit being with the people in our time who ask that question. Um, Paul responded and says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am, I am Jesus. And so gives this kind of proclamation that I am, I am not this abstract God that you need or idea that you need to protect, but I am, I am one who dwells with you and among you um, in the everyday. Um, and I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. I am with my people the church. And so we did an exercise last week of just naming some of the churches that God is with, um, despite our, our kind of complex experience with those churches. Um, and so in this story, we've got Saul, who is then told in a vision to see someone named Ananias. And that's where the story picks up. This, this dangerous one has been confronted and interrupted by God. Um, and that's where our, our story picks up. And for those who haven't seen the shark yet, I'll put that back up a little bit later. <laughs> In Damascus, so where Paul was headed... There was a certain man, a certain disciple, named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision. Ananias. And he answered, yes, Lord. And when I was looking at this for this week, I, I just kind of found myself stopping there for a minute. 
Um, and thinking about this idea of a vision, that somehow, like, does, is God still in the, in the habit of giving visions? And I, I, I don't have like a, I just have a, a kind of an exploration for you for, for a second on this one. Um, it seems that when God gives visions and acts, like, it, it's a way to capture a person's imagination and life. Um, it's, it's a way to kind of shake them up from where they're at and move them into a concrete um, kind of new path. And in these stories, um, you get the sense that it's a, a contemplative vision, like maybe during a time of prayer or a time of reflection. Um, and, I, and I just, I don't know, I found myself beginning to wonder about that day and age and like what it would be like to live in a time where there weren't kind of billboards and computer screens and televisions and movie screens. Some of you are getting depressed as I talk right now. I was looking at Sam as I was <laughs> gazing the room here, you know. <laughs> um, and I think you'll like where I'm going though, Sam. Um, and and, and I, I found myself wondering, like, I wonder, like, I mean, there was certainly art and there was images, you know, certainly during that time, but way less light in general. Like, we have so much light that, like, keeps us awake. Um, Last night, our next-door neighbors had a lot of noise and light till about 3.45 a.m. <laughs> and for a while, I wanted to be in that party, but then afterwards, I, later, later, I was, oh, can we be quiet down? Um, but I found myself wondering, like, um, perhaps God uses different mediums to provide these visionary experiences. Um, us does that make sense like sometimes i think we look at these scriptures and we think okay god's visions must come through some type of contemplative meditative prayerful experience um, but perhaps and, and and certainly god does um, but i just found myself wondering like what are the mediums that god might work through today to get our attention to wake us up, to move us into a new concrete direction. Um, and I, I guess I kind of want to invite us just to consider for just a, a moment, like what, what are the ways God has done that for you? Um, God has interrupted you like God does Ananias here um, to maybe move you in a direction. Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a time of prayer. Maybe it's a song that you just can't get out of your, your heart and off of your, off of your lips. Maybe it's a movie that really caught your attention. Am I with you now, Sam? Are we good now? Yeah. Um, but really, maybe it's a movie or a story that just w took the blinders off um, and kind of moved you or called you to something that, that didn't really make sense in the moment. Um, and so I found myself just thinking like, yeah, to hear from God and engage with God certainly requires time to step away from the busyness, to step away from the noise. Um, 
But I also kind of in these stories wonder about trusting that God will get a hold of us within the busyness, within the mediums that we have and enjoy. Um, and to, that maybe just as valuable of a posture as getting away sometimes is just to move through our life reminding one another that the Spirit of God works in all these different people and places and stories that we, that we find ourselves in. Um, Ananias, the story goes on. The Lord instructed him, go, Ananias, to Judas's house on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. And from the rest of the passage, I think, like, his alarms are going off, like, right here. Um, he is praying, and he's probably like, uh, yeah, yeah, what's he praying for? That, that I get arrested? That I get taken to prison? Um, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias enter and put his hands on him to restore his sight. So, God says to Ananias, go to this guy named Saul because he's seen a vision of you putting your hands on him and giving him sight. Um, that's pretty bizarre. That's, that's pretty wild. Um, and that would be quite an experience. Um, and Ananias counters this translation wonderfully says... Lord, I have heard many reports about this man. People say he has done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's here with authority from the chief priests to arrest everyone who calls on your name. I mean, there's so much packed into that statement right there. There is, first and foremost, this amazing honesty that Ananias is able to demonstrate and, and offer to God that I, I want us to just appreciate for a second. Um, he doesn't say no, but he almost does, right? Like, like hold on, I think you might have this wrong, God. Um, and he goes on to describe like who this guy Saul is. And how scary it is to think about engaging a person who does horrible things to people like you and who does that with authority that's given to them. Um, and think about the different people in our society um, and what that looks like from time to time. When authority is misused. Um, and generally it's misused when a person with authority has a very clear vision of what's supposed to be. And so they have this authority to live that out. Um, and it's this, this cycle. Um, and so for those of us with any type of authority in others' lives, um, whether that's official authority, as a teacher, as an educator, as a leader... As a parent, you have authority with your kids. Like, to just really pause and be humble with the authority granted to us and the people that we work with. Um, 
and to think about, yeah, what, what does that mean? And how do I use this authority that's God's given to me? Um, because if I, if I already have an idea of what things are supposed to look like, um, and I just dictate that direction, um, we might find ourselves in a, in, a, in a place where people like Ananias would go, whoa, I, I'm nervous of that. Does that make sense? Um, and God calls Saul um, and replies to Ananias and says, go. This man, this one with authority who you were terrified of, Rightfully so, understandably so. Go, this man is the agent I've chosen to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And so God says to Ananias, this one you are terrified of, you are afraid of, I have chosen to do good work, um, to do everything that we just read, to proclaim God's kind of new story of us that we're talking about. And he also indicates to him how much of an interruption this is going to be in Saul's life as well. Does that make sense? Like he's going to, he's going to suffer. Um, he's going to change. This will be an interruption for him, too. You know, I don't know how much that helped Ananias. Um, I'd like to know what the, motive, the, the, the primary motivating factor of Ananias was that he went to Saul. Because he does. We're going to get there. Like, was it that God, because God told me so? Was it because, ha, he's going to suffer? You know? Um, was it because he had a vision of something new? I don't know, you know? It'd be interesting to know what, what the primary motivation was. Um, But the question I think when I read this, that I think, I, I do think Ananias is invited into wondering about, and, and, and we are too, and that is this, can we see with God? Can we see with God? Are we open to having our eyes see with God? When we look at people, when we look at coworkers, when we look at spouses and parents and friends and neighbors, um, are we open to seeing people the way God sees people? Um, can we see those who are in rumor or in truth dangerous um, as God sees them, as people who have a future that's drenched with God's delight and God's hope and God's love. Um, Jen mentioned that last night we had an IRC event and um, Karina, a friend of Sonia and Kurtz, who was there, um, shared her story. And afterwards, I was talking with a man who was very happy to be there 
very happy for the work we had done, Dire Sea, with Karina, but also began to spout out different kind of fearful rhetoric about um, immigrants in our, in our that come to our country. And I was, and of course, had this sermon on my mind, and I just, I just sat there, like, puzzled and in wonder of, like, I want to be able to see this person who I'm disagreeing with in this moment, or we're at least working on some things for understanding, with, like, a future drenched in God's pleasure and God's delight. And it might take some suffering for he and I to get there, um, and I want, you know, Karina wasn't in this conversation, but I want Karina to be able to, to, to have the same for him. And I want him to be able to look at people like Karina who shared her story um, with God's eyes to, to see each one of us through where we're at um, towards the future that God sees. Can we see the people we engage and live and love with, um, with the eyes that God sees them with. Um, Ananias is given a future for Saul that he comes with that Saul doesn't even know yet. Um, and I think as people of faith, who believe in God's new creation and kingdom, we're given a, a glimpse of a future for people that when we come to them, um, we, have, we have this like grand hope uh, that we come with. Um, and what that does, Willie Jennings says, is this is where being a disciple presses us to reorder our knowledge. The truth we know of a person or people must move to the background and what we know of God's desire for them must move to the foreground. The danger we imagine inscribed on their bodies must be read against the, the, the delight we know God takes in their life. That same divine delight covers us. God has shown the road that Saul will travel, um, Saul's future, to Ananias. Um, and asks Ananias to kind of reorder his knowledge. He knows, he, he never asks Ananias to deny his knowledge, to forget who Saul is, to kind of ignore the danger present in what he's been called to do. Um, but he does ask him to reorder it and to see through it um, to something different. Um, and I think Willie Jennings points out so well for us is that we can find ourselves in both of these characters. We can find ourselves as Ananias, and perhaps there's an invitation here for us to look at people in our life, probably very specific people that are coming to your minds right now as we talk, um, and s inviting us to see them through God's eyes. Um, that, that 
coworker that's just, ugh. That parent who's just not getting it right now. That child who we just can't quite figure them out yet, but we know that they have a future with God's delight and pleasure. That spouse who, ah, I'll just do that. Um, You fill in the blanks. Um, But we can also find ourselves in Saul's shoes, which puts us in a humble place, knowing, wow, we might be the ones with authority who need to be open to a different future, figure out how to use the authority given to us, because it's not going away, but how do we use it and open it up to God? Um, And we could also find ourselves um, in Saul's shoes. Um, We're willing to, Jennings suggests, that God's divine delight covers him in this story. And God's divine delight covers each and every one of us, um, too. Um, I've been reading um, and listening to Rachel Held Evans quite a bit this last couple of weeks in light of her passing, and um, what a voice. Um, She writes, God is in the resurrection business. If we want to be in God's business, we must face and reclaim the ugly stuff and see it reborn, see it made into something beautiful. And she, she actually said this and, and when describing some of the nasty stuff she would receive from her writing and her, her speaking. And I just thought it was such a striking statement um, in light of that context. And, and I think it speaks to this story that God is into redeeming and reclaiming the ugly stuff um, in other people and invites us to see through that towards this newness that God has. And God is into reclaiming and renewing the ugly stuff in us too because God's delight and and love is all over creation. Um, Well, Ananias goes... He goes to the house and he places his hands on Saul, which is just, I mean, think about that. He goes to the one who is arresting and persecuting people like him. And the first thing that the story says that he, he places his hands on Saul. It's a big ask. It takes God's transformation to get a person there. I don't think the response to this story is like, I got to go do something that is next to impossible. I think that the, the, the response or the invitation in a story like this is, God, you're going to have to get me ready for that. And I open myself up for it. Does that make sense? Um, a lot of times we'll hear these stories as like, go do something you can't figure out how to do. And there, there, you know, there's times if God gives you that instant moment of, of, of ability to do that, go for it. But another invitation in a story like this is, God, I can't do that yet. I can't put my hands on that person yet at work or um, in my neighborhood or from my past. But I can say I'm open to you getting me ready to do it. Does that make sense? He puts his hands on Saul, 
And he says, Brother Saul. He, he not only visions Saul as the one whom God delights, but he claims Saul as wrapped up in the same story of God's delight. He puts himself right there. Um, Willie Jennings says he acts inside a conclusion. When we see people through the eyes of God, we're invited to engage them inside of the conclusion that we are both and all wrapped up in this story of God's pleasure and delight. Um, and that takes incredible courage to be able to do that. A courage that only can be mustered up by God. Um, but this story invites us to consider that. Brother Saul, the Lord sent me. Jesus, who appeared to you on the way as you were coming here, he sent me so that you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, flakes fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up, was baptized. After eating, he regained his strength. He stayed with the disciples in Damascus for several days. Right away, he began to preach about Jesus in the synagogues. He is God's son, he declared. Ananias is gone. We never hear from him again. First, that really bothered me. It might still to some degree. Um, Paul goes on, right? He, or Saul goes on. He becomes Paul. He preaches. He heals. We hear about him. He writes like half the New Testament, maybe more. Um, and from this slide on, Ananias... We know just from this little, this little story. Um, Ananias, though, is now enfolded in the story of Saul. You can't read Saul's story without reading about Ananias. Um, and I think once again... Um, we can, be, we can find ourselves in both characters. There, we can find ourselves in Saul's story. Who are the people in our lives today that we can't tell our story without naming them? Amen? Who are the people in our lives today that you just can't tell the story um, of any of us without naming these people, even if it was just for a short nine verses. Um, um, we praise God for those people. We can also find ourselves in Ananias. 
where we're called, like Ananias, to live and see people through their brokenness, through their sin, towards God's future for them. And we may be just an eight-verse blip in their life. We may never get recognition for that engagement with them. Or if we do, it's for a very short moment. Um, and yet God calls us to live that way. Not, not with lots of pressure, but to live light and hopeful, engaging the different people we see along life's journey, and trying to open ourselves up to seeing them as God sees them. Those co-workers, those neighbors, the people you, you, have you ever thought this? Like, you see someone, they catch your attention, and maybe I'm just weird. I think to myself, I probably will never see them again in my life. That's just kind of a bizarre thought. But even in those moments, do we, do we engage those people with the hope of God? So we're going we're gonna to respond to this um, through worship. Um, and I'm, most of the musicians are here. I'm going to invite us to, to sing a song, and then we'll move into a prayer that Deborah's going to lead us through, um, or that Deborah wrote, and someone's going to lead us through. Um, and while we do that, I just want to, you know, invite you to name in your own hearts, like, Holy Spirit, what's the takeaway for me today? Um, maybe it's, I want to open myself up to visions, God. And I want to do that by getting away, by, by being more aware in my everyday. Maybe it's, God, help me see this person with your eyes. Maybe the one you're resisting the most right now is the one God's inviting you to, to see um, through God's eyes. Maybe it's, God, I want to imagine and understand myself as Saul in the sense that your delight, even though I can see my brokenness as clear as we can see Saul's in this passage, even though I can see my own sin and, and, and shame as clear as we can see Saul's in this passage, I want, I want to just accept that you see through that um, and you delight in me today. Um, maybe it's God, help me grow in comfort to be like Ananias. Doesn't get all the credit, but who lives faithfully into those things each day that God calls me to be. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something different, but let's sing together. And then let's pray, and then we'll move towards, towards Eucharist.